Hey, everybody, this is Tom Murray, and thanks for tuning in for Tom. today. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. This is the Scaling Creative Podcast. Oh, okay. We appreciate you having us on your show. I was going to welcome Tom. you all here today. But, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for tuning in, Thanks gang. for being here. I like the enthusiasm, though. That's yeah, good. It's really, really That's good. good, start. good. <laughs> well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Scaling Creative Podcast. We're yes. back with I, a special guest. And I liked my intro better, I'm just going to say. Well, here's the good news about editing. We'll decide. We'll decide what intro we liked better. But I agree, you'll still stay. This is a really special episode because we have our good friend Tom Murray here. Tom, I hate even because it's saying that you're like a scaling creative client, but you're just a good guy, a good friend. It is awesome to be with you all, and I'm so excited. I, I, you know, I truly respect all of your work, but it's great to be amongst friends and people that that really push my thinking as well. So I'm glad to be here. How's everybody else doing? doing Mindy, good. Pablo, Michaela, how are we yeah, all doing? Good, doing good. Great. I have coffee in front of me. Life is good. Michaela's is always the darkest. Yes. A little chocolate milk to start the day <laughs> off there. <laughs> Just a little almond milk, but yours is practically white. It's a white chocolate mocha, though, thanks to my good friend Tom. <laughs> and Tom, for point of reference, did ask what everyone wanted, but no one else was here. So perks of being the first one in the office. He said something about only the people that are here get to choose. So I said, all right, <laughs> exactly. I was going to tease you about that. Like, dude, where's my Starbucks? Yeah, perks of being in the office first, setting up for the podcast, you know. Just what do you do with these people? Yeah, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. That's, That's the way right. I look at it. Dude, speaking my language, let's jump into this, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about the concept of personal branding and something that Scott had said, I think it was in the first podcast was- So you, long ago. I know. <laughs> Two whole weeks ago. But if you, do, you don't exist if people don't know who you are. And that's why creating content is so important. And we really focused on that from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. But today I want to kind of center it around- personal branding and the importance of even creating content for yourself and, and your personal brand. So, but one of the things that Mindy and I looked up yesterday mm -hmm. was like, what is the definition of personal branding? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of different ones Very, out there, but this ones. was the one, I think it was, I think this was Webster, but yeah. it says personal branding is essentially the ongoing process of establishing a prescribed image or impression in the mind of others about an individual group or organization. But the, my thought was everyone perceives personal branding in a different way. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to start off with how, how would you define personal branding? I think personal branding is just a fancy term for your reputation. Like mm. what are you known for? You're mm -hmm. either known for good things or bad things. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter whether your business, personal brand, whatever it is, everyone has a reputation. Mm -hmm. And that's really what, to me, is like the easiest definition of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty important. I think a lot of people would say their reputation is important, but yep. a lot of people would be like, I'm not really building personal brand. You're building personal brand. Yeah, we all are. Whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. Just whether what you want to do with it. Right. You know, I love the quote from Jeff Bezos when he talks about branding. It's it's what you what's what people say about you mm. when you're not in the room. Mm, and yeah. so when we look at it from a personal end, what is it when they hear somebody's name, they hear a company's name? Well, on, on the personal side, I guess it would mm -hmm. be the, the 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 person's name. What do they think about? What comes to mind? What mm. doesn't come to mind? And so, mm. what space do we want to be in? And making mm. sure that 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 niche is something that we're all about, and we're living and breathing, and our work is showing that. So mm -hmm. when we're not in that room, what are people saying about us? Mm, that's a really good one. Which I social media nowadays, I think why even as a stay at home mom who maybe doesn't necessarily have like a business brand, you're still building your personal brand. Mm -hmm. 
because mm-hmm. of social media in a lot of ways. But yeah. I like that. That's a and really this is a perfect point. segue to actually introduce Tom Murray. And I wanted to. I felt like reading one of those long things as I because as a speaker, I know how much you love when people read. Tom Murray is a three-time <laughs> bestseller New York. So we're not going to go through all your accolades, but thank you. Thank because you. the fact that. that I think it's just important to jump right into the fact that you have, to me, a reputation, a personal brand that mm-hmm. is just humble. It's just a guy that you like being around, just a really good, genuine person. Mm-hmm. I wanted, we probably should introduce you first, but give some context first to what you do, and then we'll talk about why I think you have such a great personal brand. So it's, it's truly great being here, and I, I appreciate those, those words of encouragement I do. So in my day job, I run something called Future Ready Schools. It is a culmination of lots of organizations working together um, to support school and district leaders in what it is that they need to transform schools. But it comes on the back of a 15-year career working in schools as a teacher, as a principal, over a district office, um, before being able to do kind of what it is I do now. Mm-hmm. And so in that work, I get to travel a Lot. It's kind of where Scott and I have connected and spent a lot of time together with, with Scaling Creative. Um, I get to speak to thousands of people in a given year. Um, but you, you referenced the word humble, and I appreciate that because I recognize, even though we're talking about per- personal branding, I don't want to see this as being about me. Mm-hmm. I want it to seeing about those that I serve. Mm-hmm. So it's a careful balance in making things about like a look at me mindset yeah. mm-hmm. versus putting it out on why I do what I do and helping mm-hmm. children and helping leaders mm-hmm. do what they do best. But the content and the brand is vital to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what I think ever since I mean, I've known you for a while now, but obviously working with you is so different. And it's just, I know that that's the hardest battle I think a lot of people face, and, mm-hmm. and especially Tom, is just how do you build a personal brand while not making it about all you? Yeah. But it's a balance. You can't not make something about building what you're doing mm-hmm. and actually build personal brand. But how do you do that without being like, me, 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 me. Yeah. And he's incredible at that. And sometimes I actually have to like push back and like, Tom, it's okay. That was a good quote you said. Like, can we use that? So it yeah. is, it's, uh, so yeah, so we're just excited to, for you to Great. be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's, it's really good. So now let's jump back real quick to like, what does personal brand mean to you, Mindy? Um, I always view it as, as it's like you're, it, it, you're selling something of yourself or you're putting yourself forward, whether it's like you're a speaker, whether you're a designer, a videographer, and you're putting something forward that will help benefit others. And there's normally something that you're putting forward, whether, you know, it's a, like, Michaela, you've done makeup and it's like putting that forward and helping others. Mm-hmm. Pablo? Yeah, I think something that I definitely appreciate about Tom when he talks about it is that it's, I think personal brand is something that you have 100% control of to be able to put forth what you want Mm -hmm. and what you think has value. And I think that a lot of people, they don't think that they have control of it. They want it to, they, they base it off of other people's opinions off of what people think they should be. Um, but I think when you can take full control of your own personal brand and, and put forth what you really find valuable, um, I think there's a lot of power there. So I think that's something I appreciate about you that you, you grab a hold of it and you take control of it. Um, and I think it means a lot to you as well. You know, it's interesting to build off of two things that you said. Mindy, you used the word sell initially. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we think about it from a company end of like, mm-hmm. well, I'm branding to sell. Mm-hmm. I think another way to look at that and being in the education sector, we don't sell anything. We're there for kids in that regard. Right. And so part of the reason that this can be an uncomfortable conversation with educators is because many educators don't want to look like a salesperson. They don't want to yeah. feel like there's a yeah. catch or there's a, you know, there's a bottom line they're trying to meet because there's not. And mm-hmm. so personal branding can be looked at as that sell 
selling, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the other way I think we can look at it is telling. Mm -hmm. And so is it selling or is it telling? And so Pablo, building off what you were saying, you were talking really about, you know, we control the narrative. Mm -hmm. We control what we do in our minds, Mm -hmm. but we don't control the perceptions of others. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we look at putting out that content, as you shared Scott's great quote from a couple weeks ago of, you know, if we're not putting out content, we don't exist in that regard. Mm -hmm. If we're not putting out content, we're not telling our story. If we're not putting out content as well, going back to, to what you were saying in that regard, it's, I think it's all relevant in that if we're not doing that, the perceptions of the people out there could be very mixed. Mm -hmm. So I think the more that we put out content and the more that we put out what we're like our core, what our Mm -hmm. beliefs are, the more we can squash some of those different perceptions Mm -hmm. that may not represent who we are. But if we're somebody that just puts something out occasionally, they might see a few moments of a certain clip and take it the wrong way, or they might Mm -hmm. internalize it differently. And I think it's easy for some of those misperceptions to be out there when it comes to the notion of a brand. I think I love to, uh, you'd recently put out um, one of your leadership minutes, which I love with your good friend, Joe Sanfilippo. And I think he said, like, if you don't, I forget how he said it. Like, if you don't tell your story, someone else, someone else will. Or, or I don't forget what, yeah. his, what his actual quote was. I loved. Yeah. One of the things Joe says, and Joe's an incredible educator out there, one of the most passionate, humble, authentic leaders that you have. He actually wrote a book on branding. And mm. so to be a superintendent writing a book on branding, but coming at it with a the humility that he mm. does, he's yeah. as relatable as it is. One of the things that he talks about all the time is in the absence of knowledge, people make up their own. Correct. And it's, it's, so, yeah. it's so relevant to this conversation, yeah. going back to what Scott was saying earlier, Mm -hmm. if we're not putting out the content, somebody else is. Mm -hmm. On our context, we talk about schools like that. When you think about what's often said about schools, a lot of times it's things that are in headlines. It's the teacher that did something stupid that leads the headlines, and Mm -hmm. they're thinking back to a teacher they didn't like or a principal they didn't like, and that's Mm -hmm. the context that they have. Mm -hmm. Not that in every day, in every school, amazing things happen. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about educators in this branding sense. It's how does your community know? Mm -hmm. You know, is their latest idea of schooling what they did 30 years ago in classrooms, having no idea how much it's shifted. Mm. And so when we take a look at like that context in education, we're, te- we're doing great things, but if those mm-hmm. stories are trapped within the walls of where we're doing them, yeah. that's on us. Yeah. So going back to Pablo's thought, we have to control that narrative, mm-hmm. whether it's telling the story from a business end or as an inv- individual, we've got to share out that narrative. Mm-hmm. And if that narrative starts to go in the wrong direction, it's on us to clear that up. Yeah. And the only yeah. way you can do that is by putting out content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that just kind of listening to everyone, I was thinking that good personal branding is bringing the attention on yourself to shift it to something Mm -hmm. else, whether it's your service or people or, you know, so it's like it's this attention here, but you can quickly shift it. And so it's not like personal branding. When I first think of that, it almost makes me feel a little uncomfortable because of all that attention coming on yourself. But if you think about it in your head, that you're able to then shift it to Mm -hmm. really the purpose, the core um, of who you are, who your brand is, or who you're wanting to serve, that might make you feel better. Well, I think it depends also what what your outcome is. Mm. My personal brand, all it's supposed to do is point to a business that I'm trying to build. Mm -hmm. Some people's personal brand is the business. Yeah. So like you can't shift too much outside of that because you are nothing without you. Yeah. That's, you know, a conversation that I have with Tom that I have different people mm-hmm. about it is it, how do you, you, you're going to always have a tough balance because mm-hmm. you can't just always point to other things people are doing if you are actually the selling point right. to a point. So it, it's hard depending on what you're trying to build. Yeah, that's true. To find the balance of like, humility or find Mm -hmm. the balance of how much to put out or Mm -hmm. put out your own narrative. Mm -hmm. But 
if you really think about that idea of someone else is going to for you, there's a lot of people that put out tons of content that someone would grab a piece of and think to themselves, that person's egotistical or mm. that person's this. So it is the job to constantly keep putting out stuff like Tom mm-hmm. said and Pablo said. And, and I find that that is true. And I also find that you got to realize that it doesn't matter if every piece of content you ever put out is humble. People will still say you're arrogant. Totally. They, people are still going to have yes. their own opinions regardless. And the toughest part about building a personal brand is being able to not care what anyone thinks. Ultimately, mm-hmm. if you know what your end goal is, my mm-hmm. end goal is to keep pushing forward, whether there's good things to say about me or bad things. Mm-hmm. I can't let a bad thing get so much to my head that I stop putting out content because the 5% of people that negativity is always louder mm-hmm. You want to let the 5% of people or that small amount of people mm-hmm. make you stop because you're like, I don't want them to think that. They're thinking that regardless. Right. You can put your next 20 pieces of content could be I'm humble yeah. and it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're still going to create their own yeah. their own image of you regardless right. and you it is important. No, people... you can't. You know, no. one, of, one of my good friends is a guy named George Kuros. He's a really well-known educator across the world. And um, one of the things he said in his book, The Innovator's Mindset, that really resonated with a lot of people is we have to make the positive so loud mm-hmm. that the negative becomes hard to hear. Yep. Mm, the negative is going to be out there. You know, you were referring to whether it's a speaker, whatever the case is, the jealousy is going to be there. Yep. You know, mm. when somebody's standing on stage, you know, sometimes I'll stand on stage in front of three, four, five thousand people. No matter what I do or say, I recognize some people will look at it wrong yep. because it's not them or whoever the case mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I would hope my message can kind of change their heart or at least see, see my heart in the process, mm-hmm. but there's going to be negativity. It's not if, it's when, and it's how we respond to it. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting, I don't know if, did you guys see the the Dwayne Wade clip yesterday. It was actually a Budweiser commercial yeah, that put so. out there and that amplified all over social media. Now, he here's a perfect example, in my opinion, of somebody, I didn't know a whole lot of his story. I look at him as a great NBA player. Yeah. I look at him as somebody that's won championships. You know, I see him dunking a ball. So my perception on him, partially because I'm not a huge basketball fan, I'm, I'm more of a football, baseball kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, my perception is just what I've seen or maybe seen in clips. And, you know, I know he played with LeBron and I know they had all this, but then I see this this story yesterday. And you see this story. And if you haven't seen it on social media, you see the heart of Dwayne Wade through video, through content, something Mm -hmm. that if I hadn't seen, I would never have changed my perception Mm -hmm. of him. And I guess Mm -hmm. my perception was almost kind of like probably a typical athlete, you know, has made hundreds of millions of dollars, probably is hopping on the yacht. And, you know, and that's my own ignorance and my own stereotype Mm -hmm. of just Mm -hmm. being like pro athlete all over the world and without knowing Mm -hmm. them. But then you see the heart of the story. And then in part of that story, you see the mom that that brings him because Dwayne's collecting jerseys in his last year of a lot of his friends around the league. And but they bring five different jerseys per se, of people whose lives he had an impact on. Mm. And it brought up like the Parkland shooting in Florida and it mm. brought up the mom. And I guess Dwayne maybe played, paid for a funeral and you see just mm. different sides of mm. him, yeah. not the person on the court. And one of the things at the end was talking about how his impact was so much more than basketball, but how does Tom Murray sitting in Pennsylvania who doesn't follow basketball understand that story of Dwayne Wade? Mm-hmm. It's through leveraging social media, something yeah. that was amplified that gives a different perspective of who he is, not mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we think about being like from a personal brand in, mm-hmm. it's it's not just what we do. If we look at like Simon Sinek's work, we look at like, if anybody's ever seen, seen his golden circle, oh, yeah. like the why in the middle and yep. the what and the how, oh, yeah. we often all focus on that what, 
But then if you look deep into a person and see their story, you often get to the why. And when I saw the heart of somebody like Dwayne Wade through social media, through content that was made partially not even by him, that wasn't, yeah. here, here's my personal brand. Yeah, that was yeah. people storytelling about yeah. him yeah. shows the kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're talking about brand, number one, it shows, look how content amplified in three minutes can completely change Jeez. somebody's perception of something that's out there. Yeah. But it also points to something that was true about him. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things going back to Joe Sanfilippo, you referenced earlier that I think is really interesting when we, we come through here. One of the things Joe said in, in his earlier book that I love around this is that the brand promise has to match the brand experience. Because mm. if there's a mismatch there, people mm. will eat it up real quick. Right, mm-hmm. right. Going back to reputation. Mm-hmm. And here's what I think is so cool about and should also be kind of a challenge of personal brand. So the other day we were here filming a podcast and a UPS driver dropped off a package mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. knew we had a dog, which I didn't even know yet, knew we had a dog. He dropped our package outside. He left a dog bone on top of the box, walked away and drove off. We opened the door and the package was there and there was a bone. So instantly I thought to myself, like, that's an incredible, like, what a cool, just a cool guy that obviously takes pride in his work. Yeah. If that guy, and maybe he is, if that guy was behind the scenes, just building brand of like what he does on a regular basis and and why he takes pride in the work that he does and mm-hmm. why he does this and why he does that and all these good things and not pointing in a, in a in a bragging way, but just like I take pride in my work. If tomorrow UPS fired him, would every company in the world want to pick him up? Yes. Mm-hmm. But if none of that is known and he's putting out nothing whatsoever for his brand and he loses his job tomorrow, what's he have? A resume that says, I worked for UPS for this amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so I think what people don't realize is, I think in 10 years from now, your resume, whether you get hired or not, is going to be nothing has to do with whether you went to this school Mm -hmm. or whether you worked for this company. They're literally just going to look at your social media presence. Mm. Because I can look at anyone's social media in the last year, everything that they've done and tell you what kind of people they are. Mm-hmm. Cause you can look at people's activity and people don't realize that like, it's such a public thing. They think that just the tweet they send out matters and just this, that they do matters. No, I can look at what you've, who else you've been interacting with, what you've been saying. Are you a negative person, a positive person? Mm -hmm. Are you someone that's always trying to bring value to a conversation or always trying to bring the energy down? Mm -hmm. And I think people don't realize that if you don't, like since everyone has a personal brand, whether you want to or not, it's going to become really, really important down the road. Mm-hmm. I think Google and Apple just announced that they're finally not requiring degrees in any job position that they have. Yeah, so that. what does that mean? It means that they're starting to realize that paper and a degree don't really matter. What really matters is the person, their skill set. And how do you even let people know you have a skill set if you're not putting out anything to even talk about it? Mm. So it should be like a good challenge in the way that whether you want to or not, you're building reputation. And Mm -hmm. so since you are, whether you want to or not, you should at least try to make sure that you amplify the things that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. because they're going to matter so much down the road more than they ever have before. It used to be all where you worked, how long you worked, and that's it. And maybe Mm -hmm. they'd call references. You don't need to call references anymore. You can just look. Mm -hmm. Like just open your eyes and you can see what people are doing. Yeah, I think even if you're not putting out content social media is your personal brand Mm -hmm. because you're posting on it and Mm -hmm. you know that's your billboard to the world that's like what people see Mm -hmm. when they don't know you personally or whatever Mm -hmm. so i think it's super important to to realize that and it's it's an even balance i think because i always am careful that i don't want to live based off the opinions of others 
You know, I don't want to live like that. But here's the thing. I feel like when you are building a personal brand, you're either doing something and you're leading people or something that, you know, an organization, whatever. And so I think when you sign up to be a leader, people are going to watch what you do, no matter Mm -hmm. what it is you're doing. So I think it's incredibly important to watch what it is you post to watch what it is. Even if you're not doing content, you should be doing content. But even if you're not, social media is your personal brand platform Mm -hmm. until you can then, if you're creating content, that's a whole nother level of it as well, I think. Yeah, people use social media too much as their sounding board. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, what's the sound you're producing? Mm -hmm. I often refer to it as the diary of the 1980s has become Facebook (laughs) of the 2019, right? And you know, where are those lines that we put things out? Where are those things where our social presence is a turnoff to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so question. What comes first, personal brand, business brand? Are they built together? Just a random question. What do you think about that? I mean, I definitely think your personal brand probably most like, well, really your personal brand, if you're talking about that, your personal brand is social media, it came way before you started a business. Mm-hmm. I think how quick you build a business relies so heavily on what you were known for. What was your reputation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's for, a huge piece. For me, when I think about it, I, personal has to come first. Here's okay. why. If I view somebody, in my opinion, and it may be a wrong context, of somebody that doesn't have character, that doesn't have integrity, I don't care what they do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hire their business. Yeah. Why? Because uh, you know, I initially think, are they going to try and cheat me? Is it going to be all about their bottom line? And so for me, it's about the person first. Mm-hmm. And it's actually how Scott and I got connected. You know, when I think about why I reached out to Scaling Creative and said, "Hey, you, you may want to, you know, can, can you help me with this?" You know, some people may look at me in education as somebody that has you know tens of thousands of followers and kind of has this social piece figured out. Mm-hmm. But I was one saying like, "Yeah, but I need some help." Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we have this mindset. It's easy for somebody that, you know, is followed heavily in education to, to be looked at as like, well, they've got this social game and this content game figured yeah. out because look where they are, where internally that might've been a perception, but I'm saying, wow, to really scale my work, I need help to do this. I need mm-hmm. to support to do this. And so having seen Scott as an individual, not knowing of his business, I knew he was kind of out there doing some of his own video work. I remember really watching things, whether it was at church or just things that he was putting out in his vlog mm-hmm. and really just seeing first and foremost, high quality. But I also mm-hmm. knew from whether it was conversations at church or just seeing the things that he was doing, he was a person of integrity. At least that was my perception and it's been verified since. <laughs> so, so but, but with that, it really, what did I see first? I saw when I sit, when I think Scott McKenna, I think about innovative ideas and solutions. I think about very dynamic content because that's what I saw. And mm-hmm. in retrospect, it was only a handful of things that I really could identify to Scott at that point. Mm-hmm. Since then, now it's like the weekly vlog I'm watching and watching the podcast that now I just happen to be on. Thank you. Um, But it was my attraction to that, the attraction Mm -hmm. to quality, the attraction to also doing things different, you know, Mm -hmm. that I said, maybe he could help me. Mm -hmm. But also saying, but like, but it's only education, kind of that yeah, but mentality and thinking, yeah, but I only need one video. And that's when I really reached out to Scott. I think my email message said, you know, hey, you know, we pro- I know we've crossed paths a little bit. I'm looking to put together like a, a video, video. <laughs> which I'm sure he laughed about at first, you know, being like, oh, okay, a we'll see. Here's, here's like, here's your A project, right? Um, which of course has turned into this incredible relationship, you know, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, I was going to say dinners yeah. out across all over, sharing 
throwing steaks in Boise, right? Uh, how romantic. Um, oh. <laughs> um, but, but it was an attraction to that personal opportunity to see, hey, here's somebody that's a heck of a lot better than I am mm-hmm. in an area that even I may have respect from people that I work with. Right. And so it's funny when I reference Scott, I, I say, you know, you may view me as somebody that understands Twitter and understands Facebook and understands content. Mm-hmm. But when I have conversations with him, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I thought I knew what I was doing. He's helping me go to a whole new level. And so reaching out, going back to your question of it was started with the personal, Mm -hmm. which now becomes now he's traveling with me all the time, like virtually every month. Why? Because he's opened my eyes to the value of a true Mm -hmm. personal brand Mm -hmm. being ongoing content and not just like this static, like, hey, have my one video from five years ago. Check me out. It's this ongoing getting yourself out there. But that's Mm -hmm. come through conversations of somebody that really knew what they were doing. You've been willing to say, hey, I'm not the expert here. And hired an expert. And then also, you're just so great at learning. And I think that's why you guys have continued the relationship is because, yeah. yeah. No, and that's I, that's what I always love about Tom. I mean, Tom, every time we're together, when we're not working on something, he's like, can you show me how to do this thing in Final Cut? Yeah, yeah. And he realizes, like I tell everybody, you're never going to be able to afford the amount of content that you actually should put out. So what I love about Tom is that he does some of his own. Like mm-hmm. he's, he asked me what microphone to get. He bought mm-hmm. a microphone. He brings mm-hmm. a camera with him around. Cause like, it's not possible for us to go everywhere with him. Right. It's not possible for him to have an unlimited budget to just nonstop. I mean, which we could talk about, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, just, it's not possible. And it, there's value in learning it yourself because Absolutely. you should be able to work on producing your own stuff mm-hmm. because there's, you don't, not everything has to be perfectly polished and amazing. Content is content regardless. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that it, what, what's important about, I think the message of how Tom found me is simply that why I tell everybody that they should vlog and that they should mm-hmm. put out content because without, without trying to sell to people, I'm selling to people all the time, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's not me trying to strategically think of how to sell. I'm all, yeah. I'm selling by simply hoping like people see yeah. I'm the video person. Like I mm-hmm. want them to constantly see me on screen simply so they could say, I don't know what this guy does, but he's always on video. He mm-hmm. must have something to do with video. But if you weren't putting out video, you'd be sitting in this room doing podcasts by yourself, right? <laughs> because that's how I got attracted to the work that you do. And yeah. then others have got connected there as well. And I think one of the things that you've really helped in scaling creative has really helped me with is understanding how to tell that story and understanding mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to tell that story. Yep. Like, let's go back to the UPS example that you gave earlier of the UPS driver leaving the package and leaving the dog bone. Some people would look at that. And I may have looked at that a year ago before working with you guys. And I may have looked at that as like, well, what is a UPS driver going to share. Like, look how hard I work. Look at me. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, I should be paid more like almost that me, me, me mentality, Mm -hmm. as opposed to it's an opportunity to leverage story about service. Mm -hmm. If that UPS driver shows like through the mindset of like, I love to serve people. Mm -hmm. I know that what I put down there so many times, especially around the holidays, it's going to make people smile. Mm -hmm. It's going to, you know, fulfill people, whatever the case might be. That story could be told in that way with the dog bone, or it could be told like I should be paid more. And yep. so understanding the context of which stories are told, yes. I think is something that you guys have really helped me do. And that's why when Scott's saying, you know, hey, it's not just I'm thinking, hey, here's my original keynote. I need a 60 minute keynote for when somebody says, what's it look like? And I say, here it is. It's often the informal conversations that somebody's asking me a question and I'm yep. just having this conversation that it's not, here's this massive stage with lots of people. Right. It's some of those right. informal times, but that's also some of the most authentic content. That's not canned in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love like that guy that dropped the bone off. He's he if he wanted if it was all about him and he didn't care about serving people, he would have made sure I answered the door to see the bone was from him. 
I don't even know which guy. Like, that might have not even been the normal. I don't yeah. even know. We never yeah. saw him. Yeah. By the time I opened the door, his truck was driving away. Like, that's humility. Mm-hmm. Humility yeah. is doing things when you don't necessarily, when mm-hmm. you won't actually get the recognition for it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's, would he put out content today? I'm dropping off a bone. No. But he could put out like that he takes pride in serving people mm-hmm. and that regardless of what industry you're in, here's mm-hmm. how he serves. Here's here's ways he do, does that. Because then if he doesn't want to be a UPS driver anymore, but he shows that he's hum- that he's humble and that he just loves serving mm-hmm. people, everyone would want to hire him yeah. because it's no longer about your skill set. You can't mm-hmm. teach that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can teach someone how to drive a truck. You can teach someone how to do anything. You can't tr- you can't change a person. And that's what I've always tried to find too. That's why you guys, you guys are such an awesome team because you are just, I can't teach the people that you are. Mm-hmm. And that goes mm-hmm. a long way. Mm-hmm. It's skill sets only go so far. You know, I saw something on social media a couple of weeks ago that really hit home and it was going back to the humility side. And it said, it was something along the lines of, are you there to feed the homeless or are you there mm-hmm. to take a picture of yourself feeding the homeless? Yeah. Hmm. And it's all about that storytelling mm-hmm. yeah. of like, look at how great I am, snap, like helping people in need. Or is it the opportunity to say, I have an opportunity to serve people. I want to help people and look how I can help these people, but not necessarily being about me and how great I am about them and their needs and how do we amplify mm-hmm. helping get other support for those needs. There's so mm-hmm. many different ways to tell a story. One way could be a complete turnoff. Mm-hmm. The other way could amplify mm-hmm. the message is what we're looking for when we talk about personal branding. Yeah, I think that that's super important. And I think this is a very beautiful like two-way relationship because like you we can't capture something that doesn't already exist so we, we have to so there's a story everywhere but it's our job to capture that story so i'm just saying like you said a lot about it, good things about us but you're doing something which mm-hmm. makes it easy for us to capture yeah. and i think that the other thing that's beautiful about that what you brought to us is that you have an open mind when it comes to this Mm -hmm. there's very few people that are open-minded when it comes to this whole new Mm -hmm. thing of personal brand one question i have is is that how kind of what did you what did you wish you knew before you started your personal brand Mm -hmm. and what would you speak into people that are thinking that they need to start doing better at this and Mm -hmm. what do you wish you would have known at the beginning i think for me a big piece was usually when anyone starts actually thinking about building a personal brand they have like an end goal in mind mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have an end goal that's just simply like i want to build a big following usually it's not really what it is more times than not it's like they have a reason mm-hmm. if there's someone that posts non-stuff non-stop stuff about like makeup usually it's because they're trying to sell makeup or lotions these little new things that everyone's using or oils or i don't know all kind of stuff <laughs> you're usually trying to build something so i think it's important from the beginning to kind of realize like what is your end goal if your end goal is to simply like be a YouTuber or something like that, then you really can do whatever you want on the platform. Mm -hmm. If your end goal is like, I want people to think of me as a video person so I can ultimately get people to hire scale and creative, well then a lot of my content is not necessarily focused on like what I think will get views or what I think the people that follow me already wanna hear. It's my mission is to continue to brand, 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 Mm -hmm. and deflect all good noise and bad noise and just keep putting out stuff that essentially pushes to what I'm actually trying to do. Mm. But you have to decide, like some people's personal brand, like we talked about, are their business. So trying to think of how you want to be portrayed and and what your end goal is should be the, kind of the more of the thought process because it is such a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. It's been two years since I started like putting stuff on YouTube all the time in May of 2017. But my goal was never like to get a certain amount of subscribers, to get a certain amount of views, or to get a certain amount of anything. It was my goal that 
I would show up more than anyone else in my industry so that regardless of what I started, which mm-hmm. at that time was 4LC Studios and now 4LC Studios branched off and scaling creative, it was all around the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was about I wanted you to think of me as the video person and whatever I launched that had to do with video, mm-hmm. you would know if I'm associated with it, mm-hmm. there's going to be a level of quality, a level of care. And that's why it's helped me, like, when we launched Scaling Creative, to not make it be like, oh, we're starting from scrach. We weren't. Yes not, yeah. We just were starting a new company. Mm-hmm. But that's where personal brand helped a lot mm-hmm. because I had been putting out content already. Mm-hmm. So, But if you are starting from scratch, the big, literally the number one piece of advice that I have is to, you have to make sure you don't let things get to your head because there is so much negativity mm-hmm. that comes from it. And you just have to not care. Like mm-hmm. you have to not care what your parents think. <laughs> you have to not care what friends think mm-hmm. because when you first go from suddenly producing nothing to suddenly producing stuff, all your current followers don't know you as whatever you're about to do. So they're like, well, this is different. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize like, I know that 99% of the people that currently follow me are going to be like, why is he suddenly talking about this? I never did before. I was a musician for 10 years. They didn't know me for anything else. Mm-hmm. My following, I don't know, it was, it was probably a lot of friends. But I realized when I started putting out stuff about business or about entrepreneurship, I wanted that brand to start to build. Mm-hmm. And I was okay if people were like, well, this isn't for me anymore. And they move on. Because mm-hmm. I want the following that is following YouTube or Instagram to know what I'm doing. Right. So then your advice would probably be to make sure in your mind that you know it's not about what other people think. And that you need to kind of be on your own path. And then also finding your your voice and sticking true to, to what your voice is. Yeah. And that's a big piece. And I, I don't know if we ever touched on that, but like we we, I mean, we might have touched on it behind the scenes. Half the time I don't remember if it was on a podcast or not. But <laughs> finding your voice finding is a big your voice, thing. Yeah. Because you yeah. have to find your voice or else someone else is going to tell you what your voice should be. Correct. And that's where it comes down to do I do things that I know will get me more views? But mm-hmm. then two years from now, I'm going to be like, this is boring. All I'm doing is making tutorials. But I never wanted to, but I did it because I wanted to get more subscribers. Mm-hmm. And now my subscribers don't want anything I'm actually trying to sell because I'm the tutorial guy. It, you're, you have to find that yeah. of I want my voice to be this regardless mm-hmm. whether people try to make create a different voice for me. I think you touched on that the one time we were talking to Yeah. I th- well, I think it's difficult to be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. I think it's difficult to try and be somebody that that's not even you. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think that's something that uh, if anybody who's listening is starting out, whether it be personal branding, YouTube, mm-hmm. Instagram, whatever, social media, like I just it took me a long time to find my voice. Mm-hmm. And I still think I am doing it. Yeah. But I think being yourself is the best piece of advice I could give mm-hmm. because it, it means it's so much easier to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing you just have to focus on is what you want to talk about, have a good, good message, and that's valuable, mm-hmm. and, and focus on something of value, not mm-hmm. for followers or subscribers or whatever. Um, it's not about the numbers, but it's about helping people. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, and when I think about people that quit YouTube or quit all this stuff all the time, it's usually because they are trying to figure out how to keep up with the person they started like they usually you get inspired by someone and then naturally it's just natural tendency mm-hmm. the first thing you create is just like the person that you were inspired by mm-hmm. but you have to realize it's okay to be inspired and like i love that they do these kind of shots great but don't do those exact shots because mm-hmm. here's the thing if you're only inspired by like they create something you copy it they create what if your favorite inspiration stops creating yeah. <laughs> and what you have nothing yeah 
Like, so it's really important to, to try to be inspired. I'm inspired by a lot of filmmakers and a lot of different people, but I can't copy everything they do or else it's, it's, I'm not being them at all. And I'm not being me at all. Yeah. And it gets really hard to create nonstop someone else's story. Someone else's voice. Yeah. I mean, when I started, I definitely like funny you're saying this because I definitely did that. I basically, when I started my (laughs) vlog, I literally copied somebody else's vlog shot by shot, frame by frame, just so that I understood like, how did you even do this? Mm -hmm. And then I I literally copied it. I have those other private videos Mm -hmm. on my channel that nobody knows about. I probably should make them public. That'd be hilarious. But but anyway, (laughs) point is, is I I did that just to practice. Yeah. And then over time, I stopped what is Mm -hmm. called copying and I started doing what I felt, you know, what works. And I think that also goes for personal brand as well. Same thing. It's not just vlogging. We talk obviously vlogging a lot because that's what yeah. we do. But I think it goes for even personal brand. If you're inspired by somebody mm-hmm. that's putting out a lot of content online yeah. for your uh, for their personal brand, yeah. um, you can not copy, but be inspired mm-hmm. by what they're doing. And then you're able to do that and find your voice inside of that system that they may be put out. Yeah, you have to realize that their goals are different than your goals. Yeah, yeah. And you could be copying mm-hmm. everything they do, but like mm-hmm. they're trying to go in a different place. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to follow someone in my car that's going mm-hmm. in a different direction. It doesn't make sense. So right. I think that that's, it is important to realize where they're going in that. Mm-hmm. I want to say that I'd love to copy what you all do because your talents, but I don't remotely have the ability <laughs> to do that. You know, if I were to give, if I were to give advice or insight into that question, I would break it down into four C's. And the first one's what Pablo was just talking about. You were talking about knowing who you are and being true to who you are. Mm-hmm. So the first one I would say is remaining true to your core. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that you believe? What are your passions? Because when things get hard or something doesn't work well, or you put out that content and nobody likes it or whatever the mm-hmm. case might be, you've got to stay true to your core and yep. true to your passions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's not going to work. Right. Number two, if I had advice going back or looking at myself 10 years ago, it would be to create. There were so many mm. things that I didn't cre- capture and create. Yeah. I guess we could make it another one um, to capture and create, to, to be able to have that content to put out. Cause many times it was my mindset of like, well, there's not a whole lot of value in that mm. yet. Then I'm yeah. answering that question to another educator 10 minutes later. Right. The other piece that I would say is communication. Mm. It's how do we communicate that out? Because we can create content, stay true to our core, but if nobody knows it, Going back to Scott's comment, yep. it's like we don't even exist. Yep. And then the last piece I would say is being consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, one yes. of the one of the, the pieces that I wish that I would have done is looking back and thinking like, well, Instagram, I, I would never use that in education. And here I am six months ago being like, I wish I could have had that handle to be similar to my Twitter account, to be similar to YouTube. And so the consistency is important in messaging, mm-hmm. but it's also important in brand. Because if I have six different things that I'm called in six different spaces, it's harder to find me. And mm-hmm. that consistency makes me lose value in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I would say core, you know, create, communicate and being consistent. And I think that I love the idea too. Uh, one of the things I am most excited about is the fact that the day I started full-time my business, I have I've logged mm-hmm. and I've been doing it since that that regardless of what I'm trying to do in life, I'm trying to do big things in life, but like I love that you can watch from day one with that. And that's why I always challenge so many people that get into it. I'm like, you do realize you can never go back to where you're currently at. You can't. And you're going to look back. I love that I can look back and be like, look at how different like I colored things. I shot things. Look at how terrible I was at that. Or look at how yeah. terrible I still am at that. Whatever it is. <laughs> but I love being able to go back. Like it's just such a cool way to actually see how you've grown and mm-hmm. what you're leaving for your kids and your grandparents and or grandchildren, not grandparents. Um, <laughs> what you're leaving for people behind you is such a cool thing. And I feel like if you have any goals in life to do anything big, which I don't think anyone lives to like to be nobody, 
why would you not document it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And usually the answer is because you are too worried about what other people think. Yep. Mm. And I think it would be the coolest thing ever to be able to go and look back at when Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook, when mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff Bezos started Amazon. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you have loved to see this guy's like, hey, today I'm starting a new company, a thing being called Amazon, and he's by himself. Like there's pictures floating around social media now. Yeah. Him and his like crazy messy thing that yeah. says, I forget what it says about about it wouldn't you love to go back to, while to sitting see? in his garage i don't yeah. think i don't think he works there anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think but so, like yeah. it would be amazing to yeah, go back yeah. and yeah they to their defense didn't have what we have now in terms of video mm-hmm. and the way you could do mm-hmm. things it wasn't easy mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. it is now you have no excuse to mm-hmm. create so even if you were creating i i vlog almost every day regardless whether i post it or not i have a private channel just for my family that is like all the family moments that don't make my vlog mm-hmm. because i love going back and looking at mm-hmm. what's happening in life yeah and you owe it to yourself. You have the best camera ever in your phone that like you owe to yourself to mm-hmm. be able to actually just create stuff mm-hmm. and don't sit around and wait because mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to go back. Yeah. So on that point, I think what you said, everything you said was just incredibly powerful. All those mm-hmm. C's, the way that that's very, yeah, that. you know, take home. That's great. But the one thing that you said I think is incredibly powerful is to create. Because mm-hmm. I think, and on your point as well, Scott, is that, I think people, they're so concerned about what other people think. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing is that they're so, they don't even th- believe in themselves and what they have to say has any value or that mm-hmm. their story has any value. And I think to answer that question, finally, we've probably answered it like six times in six different ways. But I think it's so incredibly powerful if you just share your mm-hmm. story because you can't be wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just sharing mm-hmm. what you're learning. You're mm-hmm. sharing what you're going through. And I mm-hmm. think that that right there also shows a very powerful brand inside of what you're doing. But if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to, mm-hmm. you know, you have to believe in yourself. And so I think it's really important to be able to create um, and not overthink it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Pablo, to your point, it was something that Scott said to me last week that sure. really resonated along those lines. So you guys had created a handful of video clips for me from one of the keynotes I did in Kansas. Um, and I had put them out intentionally at different times. And I was kind of holding on to one thinking out of the six, it was my least favorite, just in the one it would probably resonate the least. So I used that last week. And within two days, it was my most watched video clip. <laughs> and I joked about it with Scott saying like, man, here I was holding on to it for my, you know, that was six months ago. And I was putting this one minute out thinking it was the least impactful. And there it had over 30,000 views in 48 hours. And Scott said to me, you never know what's going to resonate with other yes. people. Mm-hmm. And so it was still true to my core, mm-hmm. but I was making the judgment that it didn't have as much value as I thought it might, mm-hmm. and, but other people it really resonated with. Mm-hmm. And so I think going to your point and to what Scott really reinforced with me last week, is putting out that message, constantly creating, Mm -hmm. you don't also know what's going to grow legs that you might think is just a small concept that other people may really like. Yeah, like how many Mm -hmm. tweets have you put out there like, oh, this is going to be a good one and no one, and you're like, what the heck? That's never happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Every tweet. Or or I'll look about it and like being an author, you know, having multiple books or I was writing my book, my next book this morning and I was working on it and sometimes I'll come across things just like you're saying and I'll put it down and I'll reread it and be like, wow, that's that's really good. Like somebody's going to tweet tweet that out someday. Like that's going to be on an image. And then I'll, you know, the book published and that happened with my last one. And like, nobody's ever one time mentioned it to me. And so, you know, like here it is, I'm thinking it's brilliant, but things that resonated with, resonated with other people, I had the thinking like, oh, that was something I wrote at four o'clock in the morning. I didn't think that was great, but now it's one of the most shared things out there. Yeah. The market Mm -hmm. and the people decide what's good and what's not. Right. Uh, There Mm -hmm. are some amazing filmmakers on YouTube that no one's watching and there's Mm -hmm. vice versa. There's people that I'm like, why are you watching? Clearly resonates with them. Yeah. And the biggest mistake you can make is to 
be so concerned and not even be your own biggest fan mm-hmm. and so you put out nothing so like i've i think in every tag every video i've ever put on youtube ever since i learned this from gary v he, he's a big thing that he says is document don't create mm-hmm. and so it's not a it's not a devil's advocate to the create as much as it's i think too many people overthink mm-hmm. the creative mm-hmm. so they put out nothing mm. when like yeah. Don't you decide whether you're creative or your story is good mm-hmm. because the things that you may think are great mm-hmm. may do terrible and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it puts less pressure on you when you overthink. There mm-hmm. are a lot of videos I put out that I'm like, man, someone will like this. And it will be with something that someone really, it might be one comment. Mm-hmm. Realize you make an impact in everything you put out and yeah. don't make the impact be how many numbers, mm-hmm. how many likes, how many retweets. That's not impact. Mm-hmm. Impact is one person Mm -hmm. like you can make a huge impact and i think we're sometimes accustomed to thinking that like if it gets a certain number Mm -hmm. that's successful to me or a certain number of retweets is success well Mm -hmm. that number is going to keep changing i'm sure it used to be really exciting for when you got three retweets now it's like you get a hundred and you're like this didn't really do well why I'm not saying you said that, but just in, in general, I think too many people, you yeah. just keep raising your own internal bar and then you're right. not happy with anything. Right. So like, I don't care if I put out a video and it has 700 views or if I put one out and it has a couple hundred thousand because of something else. What drives me is the amount of emails or things that come from people that are like, hey, I just wanted to say thanks. This mm-hmm. this really inspired me. And like, mm-hmm. I, I started creating, doing my own business a year ago. Like the you're having an impact. Mm-hmm. The impact is not in numbers. It's mm-hmm. It's about the fact that you're putting something out Mm -hmm. and I always that's why I always say what Pablo said is I can never be wrong with the content I'm putting out Mm -hmm. because I'm not telling you I'm right I'm just telling you here's what I know right now here's what I learned Mm -hmm. here's where I failed Mm -hmm. so you can never say that I'm wrong and that's what makes it easy for me I don't Mm -hmm. feel pressure Mm -hmm. of having to be right because I'm not telling you I am yeah I'm just trying to bring you in Yeah. Having a team, I just loved what you said about how he encouraged you to post that content, even though you didn't really necessarily think that it was going to do well. I was at a concert recently where um, I think his name is Matt Mason. He was opening for Need to Breathe. And he said that there was this one song that he just started it and never finished it. And one of his friends was like, dude, you got to finish that song. Like it's it's got something. And he was like, I don't really like it. I don't really like it. And so he kept pushing it off and just didn't want to finish the song until his friend literally just kept badgering him about it. And he was like, all right, fine. So he finished the song and it is the reason that he has, you know, the position that he's in right now. It's got like mm. 3 million listens on Spotify and it's the reason why he was opening for need to breathe, but it was because of his friend. And you know how many people, you know how many musicians have amazing songs on their laptop that they mm-hmm. haven't released? They haven't finished, yeah. Because it's not their favorite? Yeah. We talked about this in the first episode of building content or, or knowing that it's not important whether you like it, it's your target. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to get past. Mm-hmm. Like, let don't stop something from going out because you think someone else is not going to like it. I, mm-hmm. I agree with Just that so put much. It out. That's the thing. You have to do it because there's so many filmmakers that have amazing films on their hard drives. Mm-hmm. There's so many p- mm-hmm. musicians who have stuff on their laptop. There's so many ideas that are in the yeah. ground yes. right now that people like they're dead because they, and they, they had amazing million dollar, billion dollar ideas, mm-hmm. but they never did anything with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that you just have to put it out because it's not your decision. Mm-hmm. It's just, you doing it has mm-hmm. power in that. I think there's so much power in just being able to do it. Yep. And it makes it easier when you do that. It's way easier to not overthink than it is to critique every single thing. We see it all the time when we push record on a camera, someone gets really all frozen and they're not sure how to talk. I'm like, 
you're thinking too much. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. just be you. It's mm-hmm. okay if you yeah. make a, mis- a little yeah. mistake. No one's going to be like, oh, forget this yeah. video. <laughs> because you said one thing a tiny yeah. bit different than you hoped. Yeah. Are, you, are you referencing me, Scott? No, definitely not you, Tom. Because <laughs> I think I've you're had that, take, I've had that moment wonder. a few times with you. Nah, you're one take every time we do it. You're good. You're good with that. One take wonder. The teams make a, a difference. Like, mm-hmm. having people around you that you know, can push you. I, I, and even though it is personal brand that we're talking about, sometimes it's, it is your team. And you know what it's doing? It's helping you get over your own self doubt. Mm, and yeah. I think we as humans, regardless of anybody being out there, being known well, whatever the case is, I don't care if it's an athlete or a musician, we struggle with certain, with, pers- with self doubt. And so, so I think it gets to the point when we talk about personal branding, it's how do we make sure that our passion to overcome mm-hmm. the fear that comes with it, if the passion can overcome the fear, we tell a story, we put it out there. If the fear overcomes the passion, we mm-hmm. don't exist as in yep. Scott's words. Yep. And so what, you know, when we take a look, how do we overcome our self doubt and personal branding? It's constantly documenting. And I like that. So I'll change my acronym to three C's and a D. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but by documenting that, and I really read resonate with what Scott was saying earlier of, you know, you're not telling somebody they have to change because we know that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You're sharing what works for you. And that's mm-hmm. what resonates with people. And mm-hmm. so when we talk about personal branding and putting it out there, it's an opportunity. Absolutely. And I think when you're busy doing, you're not thinking as much. It's not, I'm not saying to not think at all, but I, th- I found a lot of power when I started creating and documenting and doing a lot of different things. I used to think so much about what I was going to say, how I was going to say it, mm-hmm. when I'm going to say it, with who I'm going to be with, like, all these things. And I started, you know what? I'm just going to start doing it. And in that doing, I started learning a lot of things. Mm-hmm. In doing, I started realizing new things. And I and I've also, I think a lot of people also wait for inspiration when you can find inspiration by doing a lot of these things as well. So I think if you're listening and you're trying to start, whether it be branding or, or a podcast or videos, whatever it may be, I think just doing um, can help you out so much if you just start to do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people... Have reached out to me and said, like, do I build? How do you find the battle of building your personal brand and your business brand? Like, how much content you should should you put out on one versus the other? And I don't think there's a right answer to that. I think you have to decide like what your balance is. the The easy answer is do as much on both. That's not possible for most people. So I think that you have to kind of. I think every industry is different. Whether or not your personal brand should be louder to a point because you could look at someone like Gary Vee who has a massive, massive personal brand and a massive company. His company is very massive because he's such an incredible hard worker, but his personal, his company brand that stuff that comes out of his company brand isn't him, but his personal brand feeds into that in a massive, massive way. So I think it depends on whether or not your business I try as much as I can, which is why we're all sitting at the table together and which is why I like other people being on content we're putting out from Scaling Creative so that it doesn't rely on me because it is very hard to scale if you're the person that has to be everywhere. It's it's really hard. It becomes tiring to figure out how you how, how can you do it all yourself if you have to be there. And so I do think that it depends on industry and there's just never there's never a bad time to have too much personal brand. Because anything you do builds into it in a huge way. But what is a brand from a personal Mindy, from a graphic, from a Mindy, for if for those who are just joining us, is like our, our graphics queen and brand queen. She's great at that kind of stuff. What does that look like to you? What are some kind of 
common mistakes you kind of see from a brand perspective, whether it's business brand or personal brand? Like what are some big mistakes that you typically see when it comes to just the look and feel of a brand from a graphic standpoint? The biggest mistake, it doesn't communicate who they are. So it's like they're trying to be somebody different than who they are. Um, and so it's, it doesn't represent them as a person and they're trying to be something different. And, um, and then that, that it doesn't communicate to also then the audience that they're trying to represent. Um, they're trying to communicate too. And so it kind of has some disconnect there and, um, and it can also be all over the place. So it's like one day you're, this and then the next post is that and then you know it's all over the place it's not consistent and it's like and it's subtle things you can do it it can be like I'm going to pick three main colors that I'm going to use throughout my entire brand right and so those are the colors that speak you know that I'm going to use so that people when they see those colors and they see those you know posts it's it'll feel consistent um that it's it's you know, it's like for scaling creative, we're an artistic. And so it's like, I'm trying to communicate that through our Instagram feed. And it's that it has a more artistic feel to it because we're artist, you know, we're, we're creative and artistic, but it's like, I wouldn't do that same look and feel on Tom because it's something totally different. And, um, and so it's like, and I wouldn't use that on Pablo or your, or like it, Cause it's like each one of you are different. And it's like, if I were going to work with each one of you, each one of you would be very different than the other because you're all unique individuals. And I think, yeah, just from a standpoint of it should, it should match all around is a big piece. A lot of people get a really nice website and then they forget about the rest and or really good this and they forget about the rest. Right. And it's important that if you are diversifying where you're distributing stuff on different socials, your brand should be across all of those. Cause it also, I saw on Tom too, like, cause we just were talking about this when we were away. I want you to like see, type in my name on Instagram and come across and know that it's me because it looks just like the website mm-hmm. or the Twitter looks just like it or the Facebook banner looks just like it or LinkedIn. It should be distinguishable. Right. You know that Coca-Cola lo- logo and brand and look and color anywhere it is. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. It's like, you know, you like that. It's like you go to Instagram, they have one profile picture. You go to Facebook, it's a different, they go on their website, it has a totally different feel or, and um, so much now people base their opinions on what your Instagram feed looks like and what your Facebook page looks like even before they get to their website. And so many people build their um, brands and their, um, their looks. And they're like, I have the most amazing website and it's the best thing out there. And I can forget about what all my social looks like because I have, I just spent the most money on my website and it's the, it's the amazing thing. And it's (laughs) like, but most people get to your website through Through their their, favorite network and that, and the, And if you look at the analytics of click-throughs on websites, most of the time, the highest rated is Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. that, or whatever social, like yeah. that is how, like if your audience, like we talked about it before, if your audience is on Facebook, you're going to get the most click-throughs from Facebook yeah. to your website, not through organic searches on yep. Google. Yep. 
No, super important. I think a lot of people are just checking boxes off. You know, they're like, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have a website, we're, we're good. But there's no like pride or like in the details, you know, um, like we've talked about it before. It's like if you have a Twitter account and the last post was 900 days ago, like you said, like that, that there's no that there, why would you even bother having it anyway? You know, and, and I think it's it's not even just the posting, but it's also just the way that things look on all of those. It's not just about and I checking think the boxes. You can have like, you know, as Tom said, he you wish you would have gotten that Instagram account, even though you didn't think you were going to do it. You could have had it, but you would have advertised it. And put it out there that you had an Instagram, but you would have kept that name so you had it when you needed it. And I think that is something. It is okay to create accounts on all social media, but you don't advertise that you actually have it. Until you're actually using it. Until you're actually using it. And that's the pitfall a lot of people do is is that they want to put out there that they are on because they should be on Twitter. Like, so therefore I'm going to advertise that I'm on Twitter but they do nothing with it. They have zero post or one post or, and, but you don't advertise it that you have it, but you have it. And then when you choose to be active on it, you can then, once you're active on it, then you can promote it that you have it. And it's, yeah. So one reason I've loved working with Scaling Creative is because you all have helped me so much with that. One reason that I'm excited to continue working with Scaling Creative is because I need so much help with that. Like everything you just talked about in the past five or six minutes, I almost felt like you were just talking about me and I wasn't in the room because like <laughs> that's me. And I'm kidding when I say that, obviously. But um, even just last week, Scott's like, stop having 47 different pictures on your different platforms. Like, here's your picture. You're using this one. And here it is. And then literally the next day, people are like, oh, it's nice that you have a updated picture, like not the one from you from 27 years ago. Like this is good. And so on one hand, it's like, again, recognizing like even doing all that I do. And I think part of it comes from, you know, I started a website just so people could contact me. I started a Facebook page just because some people might be there. And it's like that, that really evolved over time, but your evolution has to get to that point where it's consistent and not static with four of them. And then one of them's up to date. And so I'm excited to continue to get your support with that because I need the help. And if you have a problem with that, like what I've typically done in the past is I have like a, a, a notes document of all the platforms that I exist on. And I have like a checklist of when I produce a new video, what is my checklist to make sure that I update each platform with something unique? I do not do a share to all. We've talked about this many times before, but it's where do I want to make sure that it's updated because you have to remember that if someone, if you advertise Twitter, like you said, Mindy, someone that loves Twitter and that's their favorite platform, that is the only place they're not going to follow you. So just because you've been doing tons of videos on YouTube and on your website and on Instagram to them, because Twitter is their platform, you've done absolutely nothing. And it's important to realize that that's why I also like to diversify what goes on different things, because it doesn't matter if you have a thousand views on YouTube and nowhere else, like you, you should, I'd rather have 80 views on Twitter, 200 on Instagram, 200 on LinkedIn, 325. I'd rather just have it be all over because those are different eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No one's watching that same video everywhere. So create something unique and then make sure that you actually remember an account exists. And if it doesn't, shut it down or make it private. You're better off if someone searches for you and they can't even find you than to be like, okay, this person must have went out of business. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're all different audiences. You just yep. have to bring value yep. to those. Well, this is a really, really long podcast. Tom, we appreciate you being here. Mm -hmm. yeah, so Glad to be here. It's an honor. Yeah. Sorry, I probably extended the podcast a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, Scott, you said any final takeaways or piece of advice. If there's one thing that I would th- that I've been thinking about throughout this conversation is that we will all leave a legacy, whether it's our business, whether it's you know us as individuals. We also talked about controlling that narrative. So controlling the narrative and leveraging the narrative really helps create the legacy that you want to leave and amplifying the work that we do or amplifying them through the various mediums that we do it help that legacy to also be accurate and so helping our brand presence to really match as i shared earlier um but we all will leave a legacy and what that actually looks like so controlling that brand in the process is a great way to do it and that's a great way to end i'll sip a coffee to that one thanks for listening (laughs) yeah